right, welcome back to the Savant Podcast, and this is episode 25, and we're back talking NFL, and this will be week six of football season. Um, We're going to start off once again, uh, just like last week, we're going to go into our kind of Savant NFL power rankings. Issue and I are going to give our 10 teams, Uh, but before we get into that, Issue, how you doing? How was your week? Uh, yeah, my week was uh, very good Um, as far as NFL Fantasy League and in general, my week was pretty good. Just still schooling and working on a few things and projects and stuff. But other than that, my week was very good and it was uh, very tranquilic. Awesome. But uh, let's get right into it. So I'm going to start with my top 10 teams. So my top two have not changed. So I got Bills, Packers, uh, Bills coming off that dominant winning over the Chiefs. You know, we both, you know, predicted that. And then I got the Packers in second. Yeah, they like kind of just got by the Bengals, but just Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, just that, you know, three-headed monster they have. It's kind of hard to overlook them. And then three, I got the Cardinals. Uh, so them, you know, just getting by the 49ers, you know, 17 to 10. But Kyler Murray, you know, he's just been dominant all year. Like we've said before, they're playing like a video game. And their defense has been, you know, definitely top 10 in the league. Uh, four, I got the Ravens. So the Ravens, yeah, like another comeback win for Lamar Jackson. Uh, that was an unbelievable game. But yeah, I put them there. You know, obviously they relied too much on him, it seems like. Like he threw for over 400 yards and they kind of just squeaked by the win there. Uh, and he had like only six incompletions, which best game of his career, you know, numbers wise. Uh, obviously running the football, you know, he wasn't as dominant, but the the Colts, they got a good defense. Uh, and then on to number five, I got the Cowboys. So the Cowboys, I think they could even like slide into the top three at some point. If they keep to the formula of like Dak throwing up the ball like 30 times and then Pollard and Zeke, you know, getting almost 200 yards combined, it seems like every game, you know, they're definitely hard to beat. And if you look at that first game of the season against the Bucks, where they, you know, just lost, it was kind of because, you know, it was a, like a shootout with Dak and, Brady and you know they couldn't get the the ball you know running with Zeke you know obviously the Bucks have a good defensive line but you know it'd be interesting to see if they play again you know in the playoffs what would happen so then I got the Bucks behind them so that's kind of why I'm like sliding the Cowboys you know the Bucks their their defense is horrible it's been you know it's not the worst but it's like second or third worst in terms of like their secondary uh, the Chiefs, you know, being the worst, which we'll get to them. Uh, but Brady's just been, you know, so dominant in the last game, you know, five TDs, you know, never seems to slow up. And I will say, everyone's like, how how is he still doing this? And yes, he's like, you know, super talented. But he's always been like one of the most accurate uh, quarterbacks and like being able to read defenses. And on top of that, he's got, you know, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, who could all get a thousand yards receiving and it's like it seems like he like just needs to throw the ball and they're open like every single play no not every single play but you know against the Dolphins who you know haven't really looked good you know this year although they haven't had injuries uh, and then after the Bucks, I got the Chargers so the Chargers yeah crazy game against the Browns you know I have them interesting interestingly enough over the Rams uh, the other LA team uh, just Justin Herbert's been like unstoppable you know would say he's top five quarterback top four maybe top three you know you could argue um of this year 
but their their defense seems to be like a little bit of an issue, like running the football. Like you can just run the football against this team, but you know that doesn't seem to you know affect them as you know Chubb and Hunt went off, and they still you know were able to pull it off. Uh, and then after that, I got the Rams. Uh, so the Rams, you know, obviously being the Seahawks, you know, we were recording uh, while that game was going on. But obviously they got the dominant defense. Stafford's looked, you know, really good this year. Definitely have them lower. Just the other teams have looked better at points this year. And then after that, I got the Browns. So the Browns, yeah, they could be higher on this list too. And it's definitely up to their quarterback play uh, from Baker, which we will get to. You know, he hasn't turned the ball over like he has in the past, but, you know, he's having an issue, you know, in these kind of, you know, these games going back and forth with these QBs, he doesn't really come out with it. You know, this Herbert game, and then even last year with the Lamar Jackson game uh, with him coming back. And then at 10, I got the Chiefs. So obviously you could definitely put like another team in here over them, but because they got Patrick Mahomes and honestly, he's, you know, talent-wise, he's looked, you know, really good this year. It's just that defense does not look good. And some of his, he's made a few bad decisions this year, I would say. But that's my top 10 list. And Issue, what is yours? Uh, yeah, for my number one team, I got the Buffalo Bills. Uh, like you, you know, just to piggyback on what you said, they've been having an amazing season, a lot of high-scoring games. I'm actually happy to see um, that Josh Allen is getting more players involved in the offense, and it's not just like him and Stephon Diggs doing their thing. And he's just been he's just been um, on a road this season, and he really has something to prove. And um, this team is just they're just coming into these games motivated, confident that they can win, and they're just pulling it off. So that's why they're the number one team. Uh, for me, I put the Arizona Cardinals at number two. You know, like you said, Kyler Murray just you know looking like a video game, and their defense being superior, and they're currently five and zero. So it's good for them to, you know, be 5-0. and uh, I don't think that they'll go undefeated this season, of course. Let's be realistic. But nonetheless, up to, up until this point, they're 5-0. and So, like, I got to give them their props for that. And Kyler Murray's doing his thing, leading that team as a quarterback. And I'm happy to have him on my fantasy team and our other in my other fantasy league. So he's just been doing amazing this season. Number three, I got the Packers. Like you said, the three-headed monster. And, you know, I feel like slowly but surely we're going to see them slowly rise up in the rankings uh, this season because they just been they just been solid. After week one, they kind of got their head out of the gutter and they're ready to win. Number four, I put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, their defense is, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, Like, you know, like you said, uh, Tom Brady, late 40s, almost 50s, just doing amazing things in the league at this point in his career. It's kind of unbelievable because I've never seen a player – at his age can, you know, who can still perform at his caliber. So that's just honestly an amazing thing to uh, see. They still technically have the uh, the same team from last year, but it's a little, you know, the other teams around the season has changed. So it's good to see that they, you know, did that. Uh, number five, I put the Chiefs. Their defense hasn't been good at all. And uh, for my fantasy league, I had to uh, remove them and uh, pick up a different defense. But hopefully Patrick Mahomes could just, you know, do what he has to do when uh, win this team some games. After that, I had the Cowboys, followed by the Ravens, Chargers, the Rams, and then the Browns. Awesome. Great list as well. Uh, but let's get into the John Gruden incident. So, you know, piggyback on last week, we talked about the Urban Meyer incident. Now another coach has gotten into some heat. Uh, but John Gruden, as of Monday, he has resigned as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach. Um, and he said in a tweet, uh, I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. I am sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. Um, which is kind of a tough 
tough way to apologize, especially just, you know, resigning the way he did. I think it was like right in the middle of the Monday Night Football game, actually, too. But essentially what happened, if you don't know, so emails were leaked to various newspapers uh, that took over, you know, seven years when he was at ESPN, kind of his analyst role and, you know, commentator for Monday Night Football. But from 2011 to 2018, he, you know, sent, and these were sent to former Washington football team's president, uh, Bruce Allen. And in these emails, included remarks that were like racist, homophobic, uh, misogynistic, uh, towards different people, players, and league officials in the NFL. But so these emails actually got out because, you know, the Washington football team, if you don't know, they've been under you know, investigation uh, for sexual harassment allegations uh, from some former employees, you know, mostly aiming at uh, the owner, Daniel Snyder. Uh, but these emails were actually, uh, they were part of a June court filing. You know, Daniel Snyder's legal team, they were essentially, you know, trying to get Allen to provide discovery in connection with this defamation lawsuit that they have with this this uh, media company from India. And in the article that the Indian media company published was essentially that Snyder was connected to Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. But that story was published back in 2020. So all this is coming full circle. You know, they brought it to the court and then it got leaked to the newspapers, these emails. And it, Gruden's name was actually not in it. It was just ESPN employee uh, or ESPN analyst, I believe. But obviously, you know, it was people were able to find out that it was him. But it does make you think what Daniel Snyder's role in this after like, it was something like 650,000 emails uh, were looked at. Because uh, the NFL did fine him $10 million for his role in this whole investigation, and which the, the money they did uh, end up giving to charity. And then he ended up giving up his day-to-day operations to his wife, who actually is in charge of the team now. And then he essentially, well, he, he it was quoted that he's in charge of finding a new stadium and other things, which is, I don't know, it's kind of sus. But it just to see the dynamic between a coach and an owner uh, who writes the checks, you know, obviously we don't know. Uh, if there's any findings on Daniel Snyder, he was fined $10 million. So that, that must mean something. And he, you know, gave up his daily operations. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see like other teams in the league, you know, what happens. Yeah, Twitter was quite crazy after this happened. Just people bringing up other players and even the whole Antonio Brown thing, going back to when he was released from the Raiders. Uh, it's just like quite crazy. But yeah, Ishi, what are your thoughts on this whole John Gruden incident? Yeah, I was a little bit late to everything that happened, but to to hear what you know what essentially went down is actually pretty crazy. Especially him being in charge and him being given the responsibility to you know help this team win some games and and make them look good to the media. So you know for that to happen and that to come out after all these years, it just shows the the impact that um, essentially things like that can have on the team and the culture as well and. Twitter having a field day is just like that's just like the worst possible thing to happen. Like he should have like those emails should have never been made, especially with those homophobic and all those different uh, slurs. Because you know it's kind of it's just it's disrespectful to you know people who identify as you know it doesn't matter their sexuality. It's just like something you shouldn't you know say towards people. It's like you're there to win football games and make the team look good, and just for you to have 
uh, slurs like that and emails and for it to come out just now was just like kind of unfortunate, but it shouldn't have been done. Um, um, and he needs to take the steps necessary for him to become a better person because I know he, he's hurt a lot of people and, uh, I don't know if he, um, understands how big of an impact, you know, that has played on the team as well. If, you know, everything that you said, uh, essentially went down, you know, so soon. Yeah. And especially with the apology and even tweeting, tweeting as well, which, you know, and obviously he's not going to have a press conference. Like, I don't think the team would have given him that opportunity. Like the owner, he just like was basically no comment, like talk to the NFL about it. But yeah, I would like to see him come out and say some other things because, you know, some of his former players are coming out and even the current player, uh, I believe Nasib, who came out recently, the new coach actually gave, let him have a day off uh, the other day. But let's get to week five. So just to start off, so this was pretty a crazy week for kickers. Yeah, so kickers missed 12 extra points in the entire, you know, week five and 12 field goals on Sunday alone, which was like pretty insane, which is a tied a league record, which is insane that it was actually like, you know, that many before. But so the first game, so Thursday, obviously we were recording uh, during this game. So the Rams, they beat the Seahawks 26 to 17. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, he left the game with a finger injury and then actually had surgery earlier this week. Uh, but he originally was expected to miss six to eight weeks, uh, but he could be back for week 10 as they do have a bye in week nine and they will be playing the Packers in week 10. So that's actually, you know, good that he'll be back. But Geno Smith, he actually didn't do that bad. You know, we talked about, uh, finished, you know, 10 of 17, 135 yards, uh, one T one pick against the Rams defense. I couldn't tell you the last time he's coming in the game. So that, that was pretty good. Uh, and they had no Chris Carson and Alex Collins just wasn't getting it done, you know, three yards of carry. And then, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, didn't look as dominant as, as he has, you know, this year. Yeah, they were um, on the road, but uh, he did throw 365 yards. He had one TD and one interception, but the secondary is definitely still an issue uh, for Seattle. But let me ask you this issue. What is your belief in this Seahawks team um, without Russell Wilson for potentially the next five to six weeks? Without Russell Wilson, I don't know. It could be tough. I know they have Metcalf, excuse me, and a few other pieces on the offense to essentially help them be able to perform solidly against other teams in the NFL and uh, those defenses. But, I mean, without Russell Wilson, I feel like, is going to be like essentially a missing piece. And like, you know, he's obviously great in the locker room and he takes on a good leadership role. So like essentially them losing him is going to, is definitely going to have a big effect on them in the coming weeks. And their schedule doesn't look like it's getting any easier, but what we can do is just essentially just hope he has a speedy recovery and come back ready to perform at a very high level and help this, his team win some games. Cause they're definitely going to miss him in the coming weeks. Yes. As a Seahawks fan, I will be missing him uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, but hopefully he comes back uh, healthy. Uh, and then into the next game, so this was the game in London early Sunday morning. So the Falcons uh, beat the Jets 27-20. to 20. Uh, Matt Ryan, a good game for him, you know, 300-plus yards. Uh, we kind of talked about him kind of bouncing back, you know, this team bouncing back against the Jets. Uh, and then Kyle Pitts, uh, big game for him. You know, we also talked about that, 119 yards, you know, his first TD in the NFL. The funny thing was Atlanta, they did have like a 20 to three lead at halftime and they, you know, only won 27 to 20. You know, there's all these memes that this is impossible. How did they like win the game? But yeah, Zach Wilson, you know, not the best game. 
uh, no TDs, you know, he threw a peck. Uh, but yet again, you know, I said this every week, they have no, they have no running game. So I'm not, I'm not judging him at all. They had 66 yards rushing total. Like, and I, I'm sorry, I don't think Atlanta's D is like that formidable. Like, oh man, we cannot run the ball against Atlanta. Like, I mean, if that's a problem, then the Jets have bigger issues. But, you know, you know, speaking of Atlanta, you know, Kyle Pitts, who you have on their fantasy team, you know, obviously they have the bye week this week, and then they have Dolphins and then Panthers after that, uh, which I think are both winnable games for them. Uh, you know, we've talked about how, you know, they're not as bad as their record may seem. You know, they are two and three, uh, but they could get into wildcard contention if they do, you know, win those next two games. Could you see this happening? Yeah, I, I definitely I, I could potentially see it happening. Um, Kyle Pitts, uh, amazing uh, game for him last week. Last week was a week for the ages. Amazing to see him finally break out. And, you know, um, I always say this, but I'm happy that I took him when I got the chance to. But, yeah, I think with Matt Ryan showing these advances in his skill and showing that he's able to play and turn it around and obviously proving us wrong from a few epi- episodes past, I think this that this team could definitely reach wildcard territory, Um, excuse me. Um, because they have some winnable games on the schedule. They just need to be able to perform like they've been doing and just keep keeping on it. I think they'll get to where they need to go and we could see them, you know, at that wild card in that wild card position. I'm sorry. Yeah, definitely, you know, with the you know, the Panthers losing two games in a row and, you know, the Saints not looking, you know, super dominant after that, you know, big win over the Packers. And then into the next game, so the Vikings, uh, they just got by the John or the Lions, I should say. Uh, 19 to 7, 17 uh, on a winning field goal. And it's practically the same loss that the Lions had against the Ravens. You know, they lost 19 to 17 on a winning field goal, yet that was like the longest field goal of all time. But like they even came back in the fourth quarter in both games. They scored 10 points, you know, against the Ravens in the fourth, and then 11 points against the Vikings to go up, you know, two or, or one point, I should say, you know, in the final minute. But. Yeah, what I will say, like we have said before, Lions are, you know, they're not a horrible team, even though they are 0-5. Uh, I believe they're they're building a good team. You know, the fact that they're staying in these games, a lot of times, you know, for example, like the Jaguars last year, even the Lions of the past, like I remember when they went 0-16 you know, way back, uh, you know, they, you're just getting blown out every single game. But at least, like, you know, you got the rookie head coach, you know, he's got young guys in there. And, you know, they have, you know, they have some injuries, you know, Jeff Akuda, you know, their uh, first round pick last year, you know, tearing his Achilles. But yeah, they, they're staying in these games. And the fact that against the Vikings and against the Ravens, who, I mean, I'm sure both of them want to win the Super Bowl or think they can, but I mean, we, we might not think that. Yeah, they're staying in these games. So I will say like, usually like NFL coaches have like one year and they could get fired. Like usually, like before, you know, 10 years ago, it was like you get a few years to kind of build. But I think even if they have a bad year, like even if they go own 16, I think, you know, Dan Campbell, he'll, he'll still keep his job. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the Vikings? Like just barely getting by the Lions, thinking, you know, they want to get into that wild card position. Yeah, I think they need to, they definitely need to like perform better if they want to get into that wild card territory. That shouldn't have been a close game, even though like the Lions aren't, a bad team per se shouldn't have been as close as a game as it should. They got Dalvin Cook, Cousins. They, you know, they have the pieces necessary to win football games. It's not like they're a bad team, like like the New York Giants who lose every week. But you know, 
They just need to hone in and, you know, perform better so they could get into that wild court territory because these that, you know, it's winnable game for them. It's not like their schedule is crazy. Like they got to play the top five teams in the NFL each week. Like some of these games are very winnable games for them. It's just a matter of them winning it. But I believe that they could potentially make it into the uh, wild card. But I think that they'll turn it around for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. You know, with Justin Jefferson, you know, Adam Thielen, you know, Cook, you know, obviously he's had some injury issues this year, but. You know, even Matheson, he had a good game, you know, last week. So uh, not too worried. And the NFC, like, there's a lot of weaker teams, it seems like, as it is kind of every year. But next, we got the Eagles beating the Panthers, so 21-18. So, yeah, the Panthers were up, like, 15-6 in the in the half, and then you end up losing 21-18. to Jalen Hurts, you know, I was, like, again, he had, like, two points at the half, I believe. You know, so happy about that. And then... You know, ends up you know, with two rushing touchdowns. So, you know, he, I think it was like 26 points he finished with. Uh, but Sam Donald, you know, three picks. Uh, Chuba Hubbard did get 100 yards rushing. I believe McCaffrey is back next week, but that's, you know, two years in a row or two weeks in a row, you know, they've lost, you know, games without McCaffrey, that is. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to, you know, say that they're done at this point. And then, no, I definitely won't say that. But, Tough to lose to the Eagles, I think. Uh, do you th- do you think so as well? Yeah, I-, I agree with you. All right, so now the Packers. So this is another crazy game with a lot of missed field goals and extra points. Uh, so they beat the Bengals twenty-five to twenty-two in overtime, uh, winning on a Mason Crosby field goal. But there was you know five consecutive field goals missed, basically the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, and then two in overtime. Uh, and he also, Mason Crosby also missed an extra point in this game. So, you know, quite crazy, but just to see, watch that game and like, see them like going back and forth, you know, kick, missing the field goal, getting the ball, going down the field, the quarterbacks make a good play and the kickers miss it one after another. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, another great game for him, you know, 200 yards, you know, one pick, uh, but Burrow, you know, 281, two TDs and two picks. The last pick though. That was like pretty atrocious. Uh, like on the replay, like he wasn't even, he just threw it hoping that someone would be there and there was no one there. So, but he's going to learn. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers was actually talking to him after the game and he revealed what he said to actually slide more. Uh, and he said, like, you know, he would have told Andrew Luck that as well. And, uh, which was a nice thing to say because, you know, Aaron has been hit before and he's been hit when he's been sliding as well, actually. Uh, so, but it's nice for him to, uh, just reach out to him like that. But Devontae Adams, another monster game, 200 yards. Uh, and then Aaron Jones, hundred yards, seven yards per Gary. Uh, we talked about that 300 monster, but, uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on all the missed field goals? And then, you know, the Packers finally pulling it off there. Yeah. A bunch of missed field goals is kind of crazy. Like, um, you would expect them to be able to make those. That's unfortunate, but that's like rookie mistakes that they can't be making. I didn't really tune into the game much, but nonetheless, it was, you know, great, great win for them. But um, yeah, like those missed field goals, that's like that's like stuff you would expect rookies to do. Not even rookies in the NFL. I guess you could say rookie high school players. Like so many missed field goals. Like it was crazy. On top of this crazy game, we got the Chargers being the Browns, forty-seven to forty-two, crazy game. You know, Chargers had like 26 points in the fourth. And yeah, Baker was not the greatest, you know, down the stretch. But like two, two and a half minutes to go, you know, they're up one point. 
and it was like third and 10 and you know they chose decided to run the ball and clearly that was you know basically saying like we don't trust you to bring us down the field you know because they knew that the Chargers are just going to come back and score so hopefully they just get the ball back and they end up you know getting the ball back but I will say they did get screwed that pass interference on like Jared Cook yeah Dave, Dave Portnoy was pretty pissed about that one but yeah, Jared Cook was literally holding on to the player who was, you know, guarding him and, you know, essentially pulled him down and then got called, you know, for PI, which essentially lost them the game, I would say. Uh, but Herbert was, you know, unstoppable, 400 yards, four TDs, you know, Mike Williams, you know, eight receptions for 165 yards, crazy game for him. And Austin Eckler, two rushing touchdowns. And one of his touchdowns, the Browns actually pushed him in, you know, and there was like a lot of jokes that, all those Browns players had him on their fantasy team, but they were doing that because they could get the ball back right away. Like, I don't know. Some, some people like thought, you know, why, why are they doing that? And it's like, it makes sense because they're going to get the touchdown and you had no timeouts left. You're going to let them in. So you get the ball back. And then, yeah, it's definitely a tough loss when you score 40 points and Chubb, you know, and hunt going, you know, for 220 yards combined, you know, the chargers, like we said before, they can't really stop the rush. But yeah, what were your thoughts on, you know, uh, two potential, you know, Super Bowl caliber teams this year? Yeah, seeing these two Super Bowl caliber teams like perform well was amazing. And, you know, you got to give your props to the Browns for even being able to score like 40 plus points against the Chargers, who are a very good team. And uh, Justin Herbert looked very promising. Austin Eckler, I know he did well for your fantasy team. So for him to be able to perform well with, the, you know, and Allen and all the weapons that the Chargers have for the Browns to uh, be able to compete with them, it, you know, it really helps. And it shows that Baker Mayfield has been turning around. And I think that once these two teams make the playoffs, which I think they will, it's going to be some there's going to be some interesting football to come playoff season yes it will super exciting and yeah super stoked that you know herbert's doing this well you know i've been a big fan since you know he's back in oregon uh but just i didn't expect this year him to be like this dominant in his sophomore year like usually like a rookie qb they kind of have a little bit of sophomore slump you know mahomes did at times although he did like win an mvp practically his rookie year so let's get to the next game, though. So the Dallas Cowboys kind of beat your Giants uh, 44 to 20. You know, Daniel Jones and Saquon did get hurt. You know, Daniel Jones with a concussion and then Saquon with the ankle injury. Thank God it looks like it's just like a sprain and he should be back in, you know, a week or so. Yeah, he was like talking today how he's pretty frustrated about getting injured all the time. And I don't know if you saw on Twitter, there was like a photo of like the Giants like trainer athletic trainer or something it was just like this seven-year-old man or like 80-year-old man and like everyone was like oh this is why Saquon's getting injured all the time uh I'm not saying he's doing bad at his job but it's just a joke uh but one thing I will say Kadarius Tony you know your first round pick out of Florida you know 10 receptions 189 yards but he was kicked out for punching a player so maybe we got a problem there but yeah he's definitely got some talent yeah, Zeke, you know, 100 plus yards again, you know, Dak only throwing the ball 30 times, you know, we talked about at the beginning, like, this is potentially the formula, you know, even in his first year, they did this, you know, essentially the same thing, him not throwing the ball as much in his rookie year, you know, Zeke being like so dominant, and they won quite a few games. Uh, so I hope they keep doing that. And, you know, that they're, you know, Zeke does stay healthy uh, for the year. Uh, and then on defense, Micah Parsons, you know, looking like an unreal draft pick from them and then Javon Diggs another pick so he's got six picks in five games pretty crazy but yeah so what are your thoughts on the Giants 
I mean, at this point, it's kind of expected. So I, I stopped watching Giants games this season because it's just like it's a, it's a loss every game. And I mean, I expected the Cowboys to win this game. They're obviously the better team, and uh, the Giants just—I don't know—like they just—it's gonna take time for them to start to actually win again. But uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, kudos to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Come, I think he's gonna be comeback player of the year at this point. But uh, shout out to him and the uh, Cowboys. But you know, just uh, the Giants—it it was kind of expected. So. I expect them to lose probably ten plus games this season. I don't. I don't really know. Like I don't. I don't watch Giants games just like because it's just it's not fun to watch your team, your favorite team, just lose uh, week after week. It's like I don't know. It's just it's depressing. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be fun. But uh, now it's the next game. So the Cardinals they beat the Forty ers uh, seventeen to ten. So just getting by. Uh, game winning TD for Hopkins. I know you have him in your other fantasy league. Uh, but the Cardinals did have a problem running the ball, but I mean, that's kind of expected against this 49ers defensive line, uh, but they still got it done. I will say if Garoppolo played, maybe their defense, you know, is a bit different, but I feel like Garoppolo would have won this game for the 49ers, you know, just how dominant the 49ers defense was, you know, up until, uh, that last play. Uh, I mean, it was like one-on-one. What do you expect with DeAndre Hopkins? Trey Lance, you know, his first, you know, start, 15 for 29, one pick. You know, he had 89 yards rushing, so he was a threat there, but, you know, 192 yards throwing. So, you know, obviously the Cardinals we talked about, they have had a good defense, and Trey Lance is going to have, you know, ups and downs. But I think, yeah, Garoppolo's definitely going to start now. But, yeah, this shows how tight this division is. What are your thoughts on this game, and what do you think if would happen if Garoppolo would have started? I get the feeling that if Garoppolo would have started, the score would look completely different. And as far as the Cardinals part, if, if the if the 49ers had Trey Lance starting and he was 15, 15 for 29, uh, 192 yards, you would think that the Cardinals would win by a little bit more points, especially considering Kyler Murray and his his uh, insane stats. But um, I guess, you know, a win is a win. And I think uh, Garoppolo is going to... They're going to transition to put Garoppolo in that starting spot. And when they do, I feel like uh, he's going to perform better than Trey Lance has so far. And uh, I think it's, it's going to go better for them. Not to say that Trey Lance is bad, but I think he's just going to take some more time to develop. But the Cardinals should have won this by way more points if they, you know, they're 5-0. Like, they should have won this by at least 30, 40 points if, you know, they had Trey Lance as their as the starter. And you, we all know that the Cardinals' defense is top tier, so they should have won this by more points. Yeah, I thought as well, like I remember because I had Trey Lance on my bench. Good thing I didn't start him. Uh, I mean, we'll get to fantasy like I lost anyways. But yeah, you would think like it would be a blowout potentially. Um, but then let's get to an actual blowout. So the Sunday night football game. Uh, so it was Thanksgiving up here in Canada. Um, obviously, you have American, you know, later down the line. But uh, so yeah, I was, you know, watching this game, having that turkey dinner. Uh, and yeah, definitely amazing game to watch. Not going to lie, because... You know, Josh Allen, you know, 15 completions for like 300 yards, which I think is insane. And yeah, to go on to the Chiefs defense. So, you know, I remember last year when, you know, the start of the NFL season and, you know, we did our first, I think, NFL episode. You know, we talked about how the Cowboys had like the worst defense of all time. But the Chiefs this year, they're giving up seven yards per play, which is the worst in NFL history which is, I'm shocked. Like, that's crazy. And I know they do have some injuries, but that was bad. Like, I don't know, every ball Josh Allen threw deep, it was like the guy's wide open. Like, digs, like, there's like, I don't know who it was. I tweeted 49 on the Chiefs. 
Like he got burnt by Diggs, then he got burnt by Knox, and then he got burnt by Sanders. So like three set up three TDs there. And so he was just a liability. But yeah, and then Mahomes, he was 37, not 37. He was 33 for 53, uh, just for under 300 yards. So he threw the ball quite a bit. Yeah, uh, Edward Allaire did get hurt. So they do have, you know, some issues running the football. He did have two picks. So he is, you know, having some troubles. He's having to, you know, make these big risks, you know, with them going down, you know, that bad. Like, that was crazy. Like, 15 completions for 30, 315 yards. Um, it makes me really happy because before the season, Josh Allen was 9.5 to 1 to win the MVP. And it's looking pretty good right now. I think he would, him and Kyle Murray definitely coming down to. But, uh, and then the lightning storm. There's a lightning storm as well uh, that delayed this game for quite a while. But nonetheless, the Bills still won. But, yeah, what were your thoughts on this game? I didn't even know that y'all had Thanksgiving early in Canada, so that's 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 actually crazy. What day was it? It was it's Monday, like the holidays Monday, but we had dinner Sunday night. Oh, that's official. But as far as the the Bills and the Chiefs, we both went into this game knowing that the Bills would perform well. Josh Allen just exploded the hell out of their defense and showing his run game. And I think I, I remember seeing the play. I think I'm not sure, but I think it was uh, Zach Moss and Josh Allen threw him the ball, and he was just like wide open in the middle and just ran for it. Just that that just goes to show how bad the the Chiefs defense is. And it's crazy because last season they were still serviceable, but. Uh, this season has is, is just been a major drop-off, and uh, Josh Allen doing amazing for my fantasy team. Like, week five was by far my best week in fantasy football. Like, out of my whole time doing it in the two, three years I've been doing fantasy football, like, this week was, like, probably the best week I've ever had. So he he did pretty amazing. And, like, to piggyback what I said earlier, like, I just love seeing Josh Allen get the other players on his team involved, like Zachary Moss and Singletary. We're just seeing so many options on this Bills team. And it really shows us that – this Bills team have more weapons than we think because you would expect him to just be having a field day with Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs didn't even, you know, really perform at, you know, he didn't have the greatest game. We've seen Josh Allen show his run game, 59 yards, I believe 11 rushes. We've seen Zachary Moss perform well, Singletary, their um, tight end, I forgot his name. He's doing well. He's doing amazing as well. And it's just like, it's great to see the Bills performing at this level. I just hope that they don't stop because I have Josh Allen on my uh, fantasy team, and he is now like officially my favorite quarterback in the league. So this game was fun to watch, and uh, I think next week is going to be a- another blowout as well. But hopefully, I don't jinx myself. Yeah, it's nice seeing you know Buffalo on top. You know, especially with the amount of times we've talked about Griselda on this podcast. Definitely, but we're definitely going to have a Griselda type podcast before the end of the year, and hopefully, the Bills win the championship too. Like that would be sick as well. But yeah, nonetheless, great game. And Dawson Knox is at the tight end. He's yeah, he's really popping off fantasy too. Like he's like, I think he was like twentieth to start the year, and then now he's like top five. So uh, shout out to him. And then the Monday night game, so crazy game as well. Uh, the Ravens they beat the Colts thirty-one to twenty-five. Uh, heading into the fourth, they were down twenty-two to nine. Uh, and another comeback win for you know Lamar Jackson. You know, obviously earlier this year against the Chiefs the Lions and then you know we talked last year against you know Baker him you know going to the bathroom and then you know coming back on the field and winning the game which is pretty crazy but yeah like I said you know only six incompletions 442 yards four TDs like you know all this talk over the years this guy can't throw like I I don't know that's crazy like you know he was like definitely the best 
throwing wise, like numbers, like this week. I mean, Brady did have five TDs, but he threw like 400 yards. Like this is crazy. The Ravens didn't rush for 100 yards. So, you know, last week talking about how they were pushing for that record against the Broncos, they didn't even, you know, they did. It was like 80 yards or something. So, uh, but the Colts do have a good run defense. And then Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown popping off, you know, 125, you know, plus yards. You know, I saw today Bart Scott of ESPN. He was saying that Marquise Brown wouldn't start for like Patrick Mahomes, for Tom Brady, and for Aaron Rodgers. The Aaron Rodgers thing is crazy to me because the one thing about Green Bay, they don't really have a number two. Like Valdez Scalding has been okay. And then, yeah, I don't even know like, you know, what happened to the other guys, but Lozon or whatever his name is. Yeah, he said he wouldn't start. And then Hollywood Brown responded like, well, his name's Bart for a reason, which is pretty funny. Uh, But the Colts completely gave this game away. You know, they've been... Pretty much in it, they've probably had the hardest schedule by far to start this year. You know, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Cardinals, uh, the Ravens, like that's insane schedule. So I think they'll be okay, you know, once they start playing more AFC teams. Uh, The Ravens, you know, are an AFC team, but, you know, the weaker ones. uh, Because Carson Wentz hasn't looked, you know, that bad, uh, but they should have won this game. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Lamar having this crazy comeback? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that was uh, Lamar Jackson's way of um, proving the haters wrong and showing that he's like very talented, like multi-talented and can do more than one thing because we know his rush game is out of this world and amazing. So for him to go pass for 442 yards, 37 for 43, four touchdowns, only two sacks, that's like basically him letting them know that he can he can do more than what people think he can and he's definitely multi-layered. So like that's an amazing win for them. But the Colts, they should have, they could they kind of did let the game go and um yeah, like kudos to the Ravens and uh, Carson Wentz hasn't looked bad this season at all. Like when he was on the Eagles, I know we were, we we were pretty much hard on him and letting him be known that he's he's not looking as good as he once looked and you know what could his future potentially look like. But I think with this Colts team, even though they're not winning a bunch of games, their schedule hasn't been easy at all. Their schedule, hopefully, their schedule gets easier and they can win some games. I think Carson Wentz has found a place where he can still show that he can play and be a starting caliber quarterback in this league but I feel like this season so far it's just that his schedule hasn't been the easiest schedule at all so I wasn't coming into the season expecting him to win a ton of games with the schedule that he's had because the schedule was pretty rough but uh I think he'll turn it around and I'm happy that he's proved me wrong in my expectations early on in his days in Philly his last few days in uh, Philadelphia before he came to Indianapolis yeah I'm hoping they can turn around this uh, year as well but that wraps up our week five talk. Uh, so now we're getting into fantasy. Uh, so we're going to talk about our week five games. And I'm going to let you start off with uh, your week because my my loss was pretty bad. But uh, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, things finally turned, uh, turned around for me. I mean, man, uh, 165.80 points uh, win. So now my fantasy team is two and three. Hopefully we can turn it turn up with another W uh, next week. But uh, a lot of my players who performed amazing this week uh, have have a bye week for week six. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but maybe we could pull it through. Josh Allen did amazing uh, against the Chiefs. So it's just like a, it was like a win-win situation. Not only did the Buffalo Bills win, Josh Allen did amazing against the Chiefs and he did amazing for my fantasy team. So I'm happy I snagged him. 36 points for him. Cordero Patterson um, did amazing as well. Happy to have him on my team. A great addition, 18 points for him. Najee Harris, once again, just keeping it up solid. Uh, 22 points for me this week. 
He's been amazing. I'm happy to have him on this team, and I'm glad that I snagged him when I did because when we were doing a draft, I was just trying to be strategic as possible, taking the best possible players in each position that were left and going off of their schedule and who's who's had the easiest schedules. And just I was going into the whole draft st- uh, strategically, so I'm happy that I got Najee Harris because he's just been solid this whole season, and I hope he just doesn't fall off and just keeps it up and falls in line to perform well. Um, in the coming weeks, AJ Green, he only had two points, uh, nothing crazy from him, but uh, I feel like uh, maybe in the coming weeks he can surprise me and put some points up for my team. Marquise uh, Callaway, another amazing addition to the team, 24 points for me this week. He did amazing. Kyle Pitts, who I uh, cashed out on and, and put and made an investment with 26 points for me this week, week five. I mean, did amazing for me, so I'm happy that I snagged him because coming into this uh fantasy draft that we had this year i was doing my research and uh, a lot of blogs and articles were saying cash out on Kyle Pitts. he's he's a hidden gym he could potentially be rookie of the year and now it's starting to look like what i you know invested in is going to be coming back to me with wins if he could perform like this and he has a bye week next week but hopefully the week after that he comes back with the same energy he's had for week five because week five has been one for the ages we were recording while uh the seahawks were playing the rams and robert woods just spazzed 27 points for him happy to have him on the team as well doing well and picking it up this week hubbard on my bench had 18 points javante williams 11 points for me so i believe i have about five players and five players getting like 20 plus points for me this week. So this week has been amazing. 165 to 103. So I'm happy that we we managed to, you know, turn it around cuz like like for the first 3 weeks like I was having a hard time. So it's good to see that things are t- finally turning around in the right direction and now I'm I'm ranked number 10. So hopefully we could win a couple more games and uh be ranked higher so I could have some fun this fantasy season. But uh I'm going to pass it back over to you Stikes and let you, you know, dive into yeah, yeah, your week five, uh, this fantasy season. Yeah, my week was tough. Like, I was, I think, similarly to you, like, heading into Monday, like, I had a big lead. I think I was up by like 70, like, maybe 60, maybe. And then, you know, I was versing my mom's team, and she has Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown. So that's groovy. And I, I had Tucker going, but he only had three points. So pretty much, like, got screwed there. And also because they were always going for the two-point convert because they were trying to get back in the game. But yeah, like there was nothing I could do there. So tough. But yeah, Jalen Hurts, you know, only 22 points. Considering he had like, I think four at the half or it was even two. Like, you know, that was good. Eckler, 32 points. You know, I was happy with that. And then Gibson, you know, 21, you know, who I just picked up in a trade. You know, I was worried because, you know, it was reported last week that he has a shin fracture, uh, but he ended up playing. And then, you know, it's it's looking like, you know, he might not play this week. Uh, so hopefully he does. And then McLaurin only had eight points uh, this week, a down week for him. But, you know, he's had the most uh, in terms of targets uh, without a drop uh, in the NFL so far. So happy with that. And then uh, Deontay Johnson, who I just picked up, he had 15 points. But one of them was, you know, that that huge touchdown, the 50-yard touchdown, like right at the beginning of the game. So that, you know, really helps me. Uh, I mean, I, it didn't help me because I lost. But going into the next week, uh, I feel a little bit more confident. And Schultz, 13.9 points. You know, he's getting a lot of targets with Dak. I love that. And then Evans, 29 points. You know, his best week uh, of the year so far. Tucker, three points, like I said. And then the Cardinals, D at eight points. So I'm going to definitely hold on to them. But next week, you know, it's looking like I'll probably start – if Gibson doesn't go, depends, because obviously 
Damian Harris, he's questionable. I just picked up James Conner, so I'd probably start him, which would be another option. And then I ended up picking up actually Kadarius uh, Tony, uh, who I'm excited for. But yeah, an issue. I know you got a question. Yeah, you said you were playing your mom's team. I was gonna ask, does she watch like football consistently every week? Yeah, like we always have it on. So yeah, she's always watching it, and she actually listens to the podcast. Funny enough, but uh, yeah, no, her favorite team is the Saints. Um, she uh, loves. That's, that's yeah, she liked Drew Brees. Yeah, look like we have though. It looked like you know from the looks of it, we have the like the the majority of the Stika family in this fantasy league. So that's that's dope. Yeah, everyone, everyone minus my sister. It's pretty funny. She didn't want to join it, but uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. So yeah, my brother Quinn is second, and then my mom is first, which is funny enough. Uh, but now we're gonna talk some players to add this week. So, like I said, I added Kadavius Tony. Uh, from the Giants, that would be a wide receiver you can add. And James Conner, if he's available in your league, I would add him for sure. You know, I had a few multi-touchdown games this year. Uh, but for QBs, if you need a QB, you know, we're going into the bye weeks now. So, you know, you might need to have that backup QB. Carson Wentz, we talked about last week. You know, Kirk Cousins. You know, if you've lost Russell Wilson, I would maybe consider starting Geno Smith. He is going against the Steelers, so their secondary hasn't been that good. I wouldn't. I would not start him going to my fantasy unless I'm like first in the league. Uh, but I'm three and two right now. Like I don't want to get to five hundred. Like I need to win next week. But I would. Matt Ryan's another option as well. Uh, he's kind of moving his way back, and you know he's trying to get you know the feel of Arthur Smith's system. So I think he's going to start heating up, and you know Kyle Pitts getting his confidence. You know having a good tight end is like really good uh, for any QB. Uh, and then other running backs are Khalil Herbert. Uh, so obviously, you know, Montgomery's out for the Bears. Uh, but this guy actually led the Bears in rushing. Uh, I know we talked about Williams last week. Uh, he didn't give him any. It's not like he got a touchdown, so he only had like nine points. But he could be a potential option for this week. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell on the Eagles. Uh, James Carner, like I said. And then Marlon Mack, he's starting to get, you know, Frank Reich did say last week that he wants to get Marlon Mack going. And then on the first play, they had like a, 80 yard screen to Jan- uh, Jonathan Taylor, but he, he is running. He's getting a lot more uh, touches and uh, time on the field. So I would look at him potentially. And then Giovanni uh, Bernard on the Bucks. So, you know, you might be hesitant on this one uh, because, you know, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette on the Bucks as well. But uh, yeah, like in the, there was the one game I can't, I can't recall, but Brady was, you know, throwing to him quite a bit and, you know, had a lot of uh, red zone touches and he had a few touchdowns. I believe he had 20 points in that game. Uh, And then on to wide receivers. So Van Jefferson on the Rams, Henry Ruggs on the Raiders, uh, Pascal on the Colts, uh, Kadarius Toney, who I talked about, KJ Osborne on the Vikings, and then Rondell Moore on uh, the Cardinals, who I've had and I started you know, in one of the weeks I lost, but he had like one of the greatest catches of the year uh, in this week. And he had, you know, there was one play through the ball and he was their leading rusher, the Cardinals leading rusher in this game uh, against the 49ers uh, D that is. Uh, and then lastly for tight end. So David Njoku, he had a big game, you know, obviously you have Austin Hooper there, but I think he's an option as well. Like I definitely would start him uh, if you need a tight end, Evan Ingram on the giants, it's looking like he's getting healthier. Maybe he'll, you know, he used to be a top 10 tight end. So we'll see what happens 
uh, CJ Uzuma on the Bengals, we talked about last week, and then Mo Ali Cox on the uh, Colts, and then lastly, Robert Tanyan. You know, I maybe wouldn't start him this week, but just keep an eye on him. And then lastly, if you need a defensive team going into this week, I would look at the Dolphins against the Jags, and then the Steelers against the Seahawks. Even though I don't like saying that, uh, Seahawks, not too super confident in this game, but I do think uh, they will hang in there against, who knows, the Jan Smith might throw four picks for all I know. Like, you know, I might be very wrong on that. Like, he could do, like, really well and keep them in the game like he did against the Rams, or he could throw four picks. Because I feel like when a team has, you know, a whole week to prepare for Geno Smith, it's a lot different than him just coming in in the game. But the Steelers' D is a little bit weaker than the Rams, so who knows on that one. Uh, but this brings us to our pick em. Uh So issue last week, you were 5-0, and so a great week for you, gaining ground on me. Uh, so you picked, obviously, the Chargers or the Browns. Great pick. You know, that was a crazy game. I actually picked the Browns in uh, my pick em on ESPN. Titans over the Jags, uh, the Bills over the Chiefs, who I also picked, and then the Bucks over the Dolphins and Cards over the 49ers. And then I was 4-1 and one this week, and I picked the Raiders over the Bears. I picked the Raiders to bounce back against the Bears, and they didn't. I will be picking the Raiders going to this week, but that won't be one of my five picks. But uh, so after uh, week five, you are 13-7, and seven, and I'm 14-6, and six, so you're one game behind me now. Uh, so it's getting a little, little intense heading in here. But uh, for week six, I'm going to go with my five picks. So I got the Rams over your Giants, the Cowboys over the Pats, Chiefs over the Washington football team, the Buccaneers over the Eagles, and the Colts over the Texans. And what do you got issue? For me, I have the Bills beating the Titans, of course. I think it'll be a blowout. They took uh, carrying uh, the same energy that they had last week. I have the Ravens beating the Chargers, actually, this week, which is uh, different from my last week prediction. The Cardinals beating the Browns. Uh, the Cowboys beating the Patriots, of course. And uh, the Indianapolis Colts beating the Houston Texans. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our week six uh, football season episode. Uh, this was episode 25. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for uh, listening to the podcast once again. Uh, we're going to try and get uh, more variety with the podcast, you know, with uh, the sports and the music. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, some Disney Plus shows soon, as well as The Wire. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, issue any last words for you? Yeah, regarding the the Disney Plus episode, uh, yeah, um, that's coming soon. A lot of great Disney Plus shows are coming I believe in the coming months, I haven't had an update on The Mandalorian Season 3, but I assume that's coming in 2022, or maybe I could be wrong, I don't know, but I believe Hawkeye is coming out in November, which is a show, it's basically like a Loki, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, but it's with Hawkeye, and uh, Kate Bishop is actually going to be introduced into the show, uh, played by Haley Steinfeld. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I think um, Disney Plus has a lot of good shows that's coming in the coming weeks. And we finish, me and Stikes finish the Marvel What If. So that we'll definitely talk about that during the Disney Plus episode. Uh, nonetheless, thank you for everyone who uh, listens to the podcast consistently. I apologize for any audio issues. Yeah, nonetheless, thank you for everyone who's been uh, streaming these football episodes. It's been very fun to uh, make. And uh, good luck on your fantasy teams uh, week six. And uh, remember to take time out for yourself and do some positive things and do some uh, productive things and uh, have, a good, have a good week and have a good month, year, and all that, et cetera. Cadence. <laughs> 
I swim in the middle like a Pisces And she wants some more so you know that she after me Ay, Got a quarter pound of weed and they know I got the hookup So they call a nigga Master P They just keep attacking me You on lockdown but I got the master key I like to rap slow only on a faster beat My pain game crazy that shit a masterpiece They can't have me now locked up like a Macon Son of Monica man he's so gone Lights a chess game play me like a pawn But your time is up so you should know I whip John Niggas overdosing on the morphine Sipping on some codeine doing for supply I don't get it and you got a bad bitch thinking she a savage she ain't even average nigga you be tripping put the fucking eye to the h let it glisten typing that you high ain't go give it a listen eating on the pussy and it's hit the finger licking no one on my side and she said it's so fulfilling i got my niggas beside me got only little one way like sensei sakashi niggas who talk a lot know they won't try me it's time to swim with the fish i call tsunamis bitch nah i ain't gonna even lie to you i still fantasize to this day over summer high act from dust till dawn oh my god man that she, yeah, I'm probably gonna use her as a cover for this joint. I have to. Hey guys, thanks, Savant here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts, if you like what you hear. And also remember to follow us on social media. So you can follow me on Instagram at Stike Savant or at Noah Stikes, as well on Twitter at Stike Savant. And you can follow me, Issue, at on Instagram. Um, it's Issue underscore high on Twitter as well. And for my uh, podcast page, you can follow Issue Political Podcast on Instagram. And for Twitter, you can follow me at Issue Political Pod. Thanks, guys.